Welcome to Am I Qualified to Do This, a podcast for anyone who has ever asked themselves the question, am I qualified to do this? Whether it be at work, raising a child, buying a house, getting that degree, starting that business, or any other aspect of your life. I'm your host, Catherine McClellan, constant overcommitter, experiencer of anxiety, studier of imposter syndrome, and constant asker of the question, am I qualified to do this? including right now as I record and edit this podcast. This week's guest is one of the best hidden gems in Montreal. I stumbled upon her store when I was in Montreal for my sister's hen party, and honestly, it was one of the best decisions I made the whole time I was there. I only got to experience her store because I skipped out on one of the hen party activities to go shopping at her boutique. Yasmin is exactly who the fashion industry needs more of. Her boutique, Boutique L'Ostère, is a safe, beautiful, durable, practical clothing store for women of all sizes. But as a five-foot woman who has been curvy since grade school, her boutique holds a special place in my heart for her thoughtful decisions and custom clothing options. But her boutique is so much more than that. It is a network of like-minded women empowering one another and working towards creating change. This year marks the 15th anniversary of Boutique Lestier opening its doors, and here's to many, many more. Now let's dive into the interview. So I'm so excited today to have one of my favorite designers, and if you haven't noticed that I only, like, basically exclusively shop from her small boutique in Montreal um, after visiting once um, over a year ago now. Um, yeah. I love Yasmin. She's amazing yes. and so confident. We love you. <laughs> oh, thank you. And I'm just so excited to have her as my guest today um, because she's really changing how we see fashion and how I see fashion on myself um, for so long. I'm like, for y'all who've never seen me, actually, I am five foot um, with a 45 inch um, hip span with a 31 inch waist <laughs> clothes aren't made for me people don't make clothes for my dimensions until I found this beautiful angel whose clothes in the store fit me <laughs> because she she actually makes things with women in mind um so I'm super excited to have her here to kind of talk about her process um the fashion world imposter syndrome when you're designing your own lines and um just being the badass that she is, honestly. Um, so, Yasmin, will you start us off with a little bit about yourself, um, who you are, where you went to school, what you're doing now, how you got there, all that wonderful stuff. I mean, that's that's a lot of information, but um, I mean, I'm from Montreal. I grew up here. I went to our local fashion school uh, called LaSalle College. Very young, because I'm um, here, high school ends at grade 11. So I was 16 when I started fashion school, just going on to 17. Um, I did fashion design, which I actually specialize in costume because I like the hands-on. The fashion industry today is, you're not trained to be in studio, you're more trained to be on a computer working with manufacturers. So I, I veered towards costume. Um, at the end of my diploma, I was lucky to get a, um, a paid internship at uh, Disney World in Florida. So that was my first job in the as a pattern maker's assistant. That's awesome, though. <laughs> That's there, like, yeah. yeah, I know, super great. Which I can't even tell you in terms of production. So much from what I learned there is what we use, um, like production-wise. So this is stuff that is kind of boring, but how we function, how we cut, how we 
planner sewing, all of that stuff, because they have a small studio. But because it's not traditional costume where you have one actor wearing one thing, you have multiple actors wearing the same costume. Mm. So they kind of fall in that in-between large fashion scale production and just like one-off costume like they have in theater and stuff. So that was a great experience. Uh, came back, uh, where I came back, I was 22 and um, started before the world. So this is 2002, before the world of pop-ups. Uh, I lived with a roommate, we both sewed. We would sew in our kitchen table. We would pass out flyers at clubs, do uh, our living room would change into a boutique once a month um, and sold there and you know worked my way in at 25. So in 2006, uh, I opened Lester. And like, honestly, yeah. if you haven't, I'm going to drop her website in the description of this podcast, but like, go look at her stuff. It is so freaking cute. And it did so well. So much. Everyone should own a piece from her. Um, like, it's thank so, you so wonderful. <laughs> I mean, I think the hardest part as we're, we are veering online more and more, we didn't even have a website. I think a year ago, I don't think it had launched yet. Um, we sold through Etsy. Um, that's I, I, as we're veering online and we're so lucky that our community has kind of like been in this adventure since March um, with us. Uh, that's the hardest part is, is showcasing what we try to do, which is like fit and feel because um, you can't feel the fabrics mm -hmm. online. You can't see how they move online, which is so such a big part of our design process. And, uh, and then the fit as well, you know, how do you showcase without having the budget of major corporation and having five different models for each shoot, um, showcasing how it will fit on, on different body types and how it will become the piece for that person. So that's, but, but, but we've, we've been lucky so far, but now it's like, we're trying to see how we can really do that in fun ways. But I mean, it's so great because you also, you model a lot of the clothes yourself. Like also follow her on Instagram if you're ever wondering how the clothing fits. She lives in those clothes before they go out yeah. into um, when she releases a capsule. So like by the time I'm ready to hit buy, I've seen her in something about four or five times testing to make sure the long wear is there, that it's truly comfy, that she likes the cut, everything. So it's like, it's not that she's just building for others. She's building for herself first, which is important. <laughs> Because yes. um, she truly represents a lot of us with some of the issues we have with fit of clothing. So she's testing it out to make sure she actually likes the fit before anything else I, goes to production. Yeah, and it's it's not only liking the fit. I think right now, especially this year, um, as uh, we're really focused on comfort. Uh -huh. So what are the pieces that we're willing to put on our body in the morning in this new world? Um, and that also make us feel cute and happy and positive. You know, I'm really thinking about color and, and the mindset. And I, I know clothing is just clothing and it can be so vain as, you know, uh, an industry. But for me, it's also like, I want my clothes to make you feel good. I want you to feel ready. I want you to feel nice in it, you know? So it's, it's how does how do these pieces of clothing get you started for your day and how do they make you feel in it? 
is and I, I think that comes from my costume size because costume you're always doing like character development uh -huh. so that's kind of where I go into like who is this person how is she gonna wear it where is she wearing this how is she feeling right now it's kind of easy because we're all doing the same thing <laughs> the whole world's doing the same thing so there's no you know in a way there's no questioning that it's like okay what will you wear when you wake up and start your office day at home walk to the grocery store feel good you know they're kind of basic things but like if we all do them in jogging pants every day it's just gonna be a sadder world it's so true and like <laughs> i am i love sweatpants like don't get me wrong sweatpants oh, yeah. and everything but like her joggers that she made that are basically like work pants that are that are made basically out of sweatpants material those are my new live-in pants because they make me feel like a boss. Um, even when I just want to put on sweatpants because they're exactly. so comfy. They're so flexible, but they feel professional. Um, and I mean, who doesn't love an elastic waist, but like doesn't look elastic at the same time. So, I mean, it's everything you could want in clothing in so many different ways. So Yay. kind of talking about <laughs> that whole mentality and everything, you're really in a lot of ways stepping outside of the fashion box. Um, which is usually mass production for some woman that they don't really understand who the person is. And you're really going into deep dive of who are you making this for? So how do you kind of balance the whole world's shallow, superficial world of fashion sometimes with your larger brand? Because you're part of it, but you're also changing it in so many ways. Hearing you say that feels so much bigger than what it is. <laughs> For me, um, there, there's a few elements here. So one, um, I mean, my, my brand started really small. Again, I was 25 years old. I didn't really know what I was doing. So am I qualified to do this? Was not at all. <laughs> Made it work. I've been making it work for so long. Um, the, I, I do know that the intel that I get because I am in a store. So most companies have their analytics, uh -huh. but they're not physically, the pattern maker, designer, myself, is not physically in the shop with her clients day in and day out. So 14 years of experience in that, that's data that you cannot deny um, in, in, in that world. So that's, you know, I design for my, my community, my community, I've, I know face-to-face, -face. I've developed face-to-face -face for all of this time and we are transitioning and online and it works online as well because that data already exists uh -huh. of doing alterations, of seeing what works, on knowing what feels good. Um, so in that way, yeah, we're doing something that doesn't exist. We're in a world of online, like people don't know their clients face-to-face -face and they don't and companies have been so large that they don't have it's impossible for them to get that data. They can hire the biggest marketing companies, but like they don't have the conversations that I have with my community on a daily basis. Um, so in a way we're changing it without changing it, but it comes from a very like humble, small scale idea of just making clothes that fit and tailoring clothes to women. And I've always said it, I'm like, we've been taught as women that we need to modify our bodies to fit the clothes, but that's so broken. The, the product should fit the person and not the other way around. So we tailor the clothes to fit the client. We don't come, I don't want you to have to be like, I need to lose 
10 pounds to wear these pants. No, the pants will be made to your measurements. Like this does not make sense. And that's something that maybe because I don't have a conventional body either. And I started making clothes because of that and because of finances. It wasn't in my budget to go shop at the mall when I was 14 years old. So it was much easier to buy stuff and fix it and make my own pants and do all of that. So I just really wanted to offer an alternative for women, you know? No, that's totally fair. And I felt that the moment I walked into your shop. So like, let me give you background how I met this wonderful angel. I was in Montreal for my older sister's hen party, bachelorette. She didn't want to call it a bachelorette. It's a hen party. They decided to go climb a mountain and I said, no. Um, So instead I went shopping and I had seen her shop the day before my little sister and I were walking by and I was like, I want to go back there. There's some really cute shit in the window. Um, And then I go in, I pick out all these things and I'm just like, okay, I know things aren't going to fit the way I want them to fit. It's fine, whatever. And then she's like, oh no, try them on. I'll do alterations for you. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And literally I tried on each individual item. She personally came out to check the fit made recommendations about what she would change about them for my my height, for my waist size, all the things. And she's like, oh, if you don't live here, I'll just ship them down to Dallas for you once they're done being altered. Take the things that fit perfectly and the rest will send them down to you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I was so confused because that's not how things work. I'm so used to trying on 40 different things and taking home maybe 10 because nothing works and there's mm-hmm. no alterations to be done to them because they literally aren't made for me. <laughs> um, and and like, they're not made to be altered and exactly. you know, they're not made to last. They're not made. I mean, there's so many areas of the fashion industry that's broken, like all of this. And, and I hear this and it, it's so weird because I live in, I've lived inside of the luster world since 2006. And we sometimes, between me and Alex, Alex, who's my right-hand lady, um, you know, we forget. We forget that this doesn't exist because I'm there 60 hours a week, you know, like this is my world. And, and, and when you hear that and you realize that like, oh my God, someone was able to understand what we're doing so quickly and we forget that it's like, oh yeah, cause this doesn't exist. Customer service doesn't exist anymore (laughs) it really does it and like immediately when I got home I ordered more stuff from her (laughs) immediately (laughs) because I was like I need more like I need my whole closet to exist with her clothing because I'm glad we're making you feel like the queen that you are thank you and I'm just it's just I, I really want people to understand that even if you're not able to go to Montreal you're still getting this experience in her online shop like she releases capsules every month she has the standard sizes, but she also has a custom option. So if you feel like you're running in between sizes or you don't know exactly how this fits, you can hit custom, put in your measurements, and she'll whip you up a whole pair just for you. And you're like, what? <laughs> for the same price? What? This doesn't make sense. Like, this does not happen. It she- might not make sense. We're not sure yet. <laughs> <laughs> She's breaking the mold of how fashion is done, where we all try to fit into this small box of what should be the body type instead of having clothes that truly embrace who we are. And like, for someone who loves fashion, this is such a big deal. And like, I can't help but like rant and rave about your work because yeah, you're making me cry here. I can't. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I just, I'm in love with everything about you and your store. And like, 
honestly, she's taken this to a whole nother level. She's brought, she has a community of loyal followers. Like it's a cult like following of people who like buy her clothing because they're so freaking amazing. But she's taken this to a new level and has brought in this whole activist side of things. She's looking at the issues of the community and making sure she's educating her customers on this as well. So it's like, she's not just a storefront fashion owner. She is also an activist to the community that she sits in. And that's a big word. That's, I mean, that's a really, really large word, world. I have to say the community that exists within Luster is so educated. And, and even now that we're going on this online, so we, we're doing the, the analytics, that's really what comes out of it is that the community that exists within Luster, I did not, I mean, I'm, I'm, I did not create this community. It happened. It happened so organically. And, and what we see is that we, our clients are educated. Our clients are in the know and our clients are activists. And maybe that's why we found each other through this time is because we're doing things differently. And you kind of need to have the brain to want things differently. Some people don't want to be talked to in a store. Yeah. Some people might not want to have that, but the type of person that we attract is nerdy. We have a bunch of nerdy clients in a way. They're, they yeah. like to know things. And, and as we've seen, I mean, 2020, we can take so much out of this year. It's, it's a year that we will never forget, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, as a small business that's been like I said, day in and day out with building this brand, um, you know, what I got from this was this community and we've just been so humbled by it, but also feel like we've become closer because those ideas and those principles are shared within it. You know, I have now dreams of things that I never thought about, like doing a luster retreat one day because I want you all to meet. Like, it's, I feel like it's unfair that I know every single one of you, but you don't know each other. And um, so, so, so the world activist is large. I mean, I guess I've always been, I always say I'm, I'm a bit of a punk rocker. I, well, you tell me to go right. I'm like, but what's going on left? Or, or maybe that's not the right way, way of saying it in this political climate. But, um, you know, you tell me to look at one thing, I'm going to always look at the other option. I'm not never going to take anything for given. It's not, this is the way you do it. I'm like, no, but I can break this mold. And I've been like that since a child. Um, so it's nice to see that I'm not alone. <laughs> fair and like even though activist is such a big word you're doing it like the fact that you're not afraid to share the resources that you learn and hear about in your newsletter as much as you want and you're like if I lose customers because of it then they're not the customers I want no like you're very certain about who your customer is and who you are and you're making sure that everyone is having these conversations together and like like y'all are probably like why is she fangirling so hard over this woman I'm like because she has been one of my biggest supporters since I started the non-threatening black girl page and started this podcast she hypes me up when I feel like I'm not doing shit <laughs> and every time I like look around she's sharing a post and I have people that are loyal followers to her coming saying Yasmin sent me and I, I listened to her so I'm here um and I'm like what <laughs> my little page my little nothing um, oh. it, it's just, it's amazing though, because she's, she's not only 
been a part of this community. She is an active participant in growing and continuing educating and continue holding conversations for this community, which makes you an activist. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. But, um, and again, I don't want to fangirl too much on you. This is not, you know, all that we're going to do. But I mean, you have offered so much of yourself to the world. And um, you've talked about how you found your role in teaching. And, you know, with all of this respect uh, towards you, I think it's been really lovely seeing you bloom into that. And I think it's important, like I said, my community is nerdy, so they want to learn. Um, and, and you have given us that, you know, in a lot of ways. And it's very, it's hard to open up to that extent. We all know it. I mean, again, we're not, how can I say it? Like, we're not, the, again, this community that I keep saying as a word, I, I don't know how to describe it better, are not necessarily people who would naturally put themselves on the forefront, you know? We're not the like Instagram bronzed girl with the button plants. Well, I mean, we don't need them, let's be fair. But, you know, we're not that typical Instagram uh-huh. girl. And, um, and to do that is really wanting to share your feelings and your experience. And it goes deeper than just the visual of Instagram. And that's where we communicate a lot. But uh, I think it's important for people to know. And I think it's also important for women to support women. And that's something that is also really important. So if I'm going to see one of my girls do something, I'm like, hey, hey, look at this. Look at this. And they're ready for it. So it's, it's that, that, that's part of the larger, yeah, the larger part of Luster that I didn't even, re- I knew existed, but 2020 made us so much closer, you know, so much closer, <laughs> so much more tuned in. And it's, yeah. it's really fantastic. So we got to take the good. We're the good. Yes, very true. Yeah. And kind of on that, thinking about 2020 and how things have changed. So COVID has kind of decreased how you do sales in the boutique, which is part of the experience. But you've been able to foster this whole sense of still being in the boutique online. Um, How have you adjusted that? What like struggles have you kind of had to process through in all that wonderful? I figured we take away from the tears as I've hyped you up at this point. (laughs) I like, I, First of all, being an entrepreneur and being a business person, there is never any time that you're like, oh my God, this just works. This is how it is. Status quo. Haven't met the status quo since 2006. So I'm always ready to pivot and I'm always ready. So like on the business side of thing of kind of going with the flow. We started 2020 reopening the boutique and putting a bigger focus on event wear. Well, surprise, (laughs) there's no more events. COVID. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, March came uh, and I was like, okay, this is, this is real. Um, and it was very clear to me. And that's maybe my, like, I'm, I'm always ready and I'm always prepared. I'm like, I'm just going to start designing what people want. You know, I'm just going to change it up. It was a really, a lot of long days um, getting that together and Luckily, we had already started the format of the monthly capsule. So 
with the relaunch of the store in January with our event where we also had our website for the first time. And it was really important for me to start that process of online being at the same time as in the store. Because for many years, we didn't have that flow because I could just produce stuff in the floor, but I didn't have the, the pictures, the content, all of that. So we were already there. I had hired in February two lovely, lovely, lovely women both named Catherine. Uh, <laughs> where we laugh now at the store because we're like, there's a lot of Catherines. Um, so I was so stressed about hiring more people because more people is more money and they're both on contract. There's Catherine who does all of our newsletter, our content work, our, our copywriting, and then Rin, who's our photographer. And our first launch was March 9th. That was our first monthly launch. So, you were like a week, two weeks out from when everything shut down across right. the world. <laughs> right. Like it was already, we're like, this is existing, but we didn't know where we would go. So in a way, I was lucky that I had this system put in place. And then it was like, okay, how do we use this system while our store is closed for three months? Um, like I said, it took me redesigning, rethinking, putting all of the cocktail stuff that we had prepared for, um, for the summer aside. So all those samples that fabric, I was just like, you guys will be good when you will be good. <laughs> Put you aside, I'm going to redesign, um, these monthly collections so that they're accurate to what people want. Still keeping the luster. That's it. Like I'm still keeping the luster trade. It's like, you can wear this dress comfortably. At, like work from home mm -hmm. and maybe take a nap in it, but you can throw on some heels and some earrings and wear it. Also be you know, out. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I'm not gonna, that was important too, to keep that level of construction and fit and not go full, um, full on into that, the, the loungewear collection, but which I should probably not, because who knows what's gonna happen next. Um, <laughs> me, you know. <laughs> Uh, so to go back to that and then doing the first launch, I was like, okay, I need to keep this experience the same. Like I have built this brand on the experience that is luster. So the first thing that I do when we launch the capsule collection, the next day, I kind of print out all the orders. I go through them and that's something it's, we've talked about. I can't really give it to someone else because again, like I have so much information in my brain that I can't trying to get onto the computer, but it can only go for so far. If I see someone that it's their first order and I don't recognize their name, it doesn't mean that they don't know Luster. I just don't necessarily know everybody's name that's come in, in the shop for 14 years. Um, I do write to them. Mm -hmm. So I, I, that's part of keeping that contact that you get in store. I do write to them. I'm like, hey, have you already purchased from us? This is how things work. Do you have your measurements? I just want to double check on your order. So this is a way for me not only to um, create the contact that I that I want with my client, but also as a small business, when you talk about like sending stuff and returning stuff and that product not existing in the store, it doesn't really work for us because uh -huh. we don't have such large quantities. So it can mean, you know, with posted they can mean about two months of not having the product and then it comes back and you're sold out of all of it and you just have one. So it goes on both sides. It's creating the contact, but also making our workflow appropriate. And then now I'm getting used to, so all that data that has been existing in my brain 
for 14 years, I'm starting to put it into the client file so that we can keep that through a long time and we can make sure that the brand can stay the same even online. So that's a conversation that we're having a lot because whether we get back to having the retail shop full time or not, I mean, online is here to stay, you know, mm -hmm. and it's a way also of us growing our community beyond Montreal Island because we do have not only we do have clients all over North America but we also want to grow that clientele because we know that there is a need for what for what we do and I want to see it to its full potential that's so exciting and like yeah. also I love it because it's not just her new client she does this with so I placed an order for her latest capsule thinking I was ordering the right sizes I get a message like Hey, it's been a little bit since we've taken your measurements. Will you send me your measurements? And she's like, yeah, I'm just going to build these custom for you. You're, the sizes you picked aren't going to fit quite right for you. Yeah. And I'm like, I was like, oh my, oh my God. <laughs> like, even as a long-term customer at this point, like I've bought something from her every month for like the last year, basically. <laughs> it still shocks me when she does this because she truly cares about her customers and making sure that the experience is an experience you don't get anywhere else. Like I honestly have only gotten an experience like this from like custom dressmaking places that that's all they do is custom, like, custom make something. They don't have anything in the store. You got to custom order everything. And she's doing it for her staple things. She's like, oh, I'm making a mass uh, production of regular sizes, but also if you need a special size, I got you. <laughs> and like- To be fair, jumpsuits often true. need some modification. That's fair. No jumpsuit fits any person off the rack unless you're that I mean, one person the measurements fit. <laughs> I mean, my jumpsuits fit a lot of people off the rack, but sometimes there's some tweaking. Um, no, I mean, and that's, and again, like, like I said, it's, 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 I want you to be happy with the piece and I want you to wear that piece till it dies when it dies. I don't want it to live in your closet. And that's, really for so many reasons, not only customer care, but also like sustainable reason. I want my pieces to be in vintage shops. I want my pieces to make it to the end. And if you've destroyed it, you know you've destroyed it. Uh -huh. You know, like you're not like disappointed by it. You're like, no, but like to be fair, I've worn this to its death. Um, so there is a sustainable uh, source to that and an environmental source to that too, which is part of our ongoing conversation um, in studio as well. One of the many ongoing conversations in studio. I just, I, I love it because like there's so many lenses you could look at your beautiful store through. Like you've, you, you, it's not that you have an answer for everything, but you have a lens for everything. Like you, you are truly a master craftsman, craftsman at that point because of this. Like, COVID happened, you're like, okay, let's, let's shift to leisure wear, but not like too leisure because no, but like wearable leisure wear. <laughs> Which, but then go inside my brain for five minutes yeah. and get confused. It's always turning. <laughs> exactly. Because like a lot of places, it took them so much longer to make a shift because they're like, oh, the pandemic's going to end and people will go back to normal and whatever. And you're like, no, 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 this is going to be a second. So let's create something that is wearable now and in the future um, and keep going. And it's just, it speaks volumes to how you see the world, A, how you see your clients, B, and just the beautiful artistry that is your brain. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, going back to like the entrepreneur side, because I, I, I definitely consider myself an artist, but I think I've been lucky enough to have this 
production brain and this entrepreneur brain because I never went to business school, right? Like this is just learned from life. Um, and I could maybe use some bonus business, you know, um, help. But um, I think it's really the most, when, when this is a question that gets asked a lot is like, really, what would you give someone who's starting something? I'm like, listen, 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 listen and adapt. If you don't listen and adapt, if you're just sitting there and complaining, you know, things are going to shift around you and you're not going to be ready for it. And I don't know if it's, you know, not, you know, growing up in a, like, I didn't always have stability and, you know, my mom went back to school and I come from a single mom and all of this. It's like, you, you can't control the world. You can't control what's around you. You have to adapt to it and make it work for you. I think some entrepreneurs, you know, you make your business plan. You're like, but this is the plan. The plan equals this. This is what's going to happen. But there's so many factors and you have to be ready to shift. I opened in 2006 and the first six months of my business, they started a street construction that lasted a year and a half. <sighs> you know, COVID is not, and we didn't have online back then. This is 2006. Like buying clothes online was like, maybe a t-shirt, you know, a band t-shirt or something. And it happened. It happened. And that's when, you know, I can't even tell you that I had the, the recession in 2008. Then I got evicted from my space because my building got like sold. Like you have to be ready to adapt life. You can't just let life move around you and just be stubborn. I'm stubborn in a lot of ways. Not going to say I'm not. I mean, my partner's in the other room. He could tell you. <laughs> I'm in a lot of ways, but you need to be ready to adapt and to listen and to pivot, you know, when it needs to be. I think that too many people tend to just accept, but it's important to know when it's time to move things forward. My business never sleeps, you know, and, and, and it can't afford to sleep. Maybe that's why I am a small business. I can't just shut down for two months and wait for what, like money to fall down from the sky. No, it's not going to happen. And I'm in Canada. They literally want to help you. Yeah. So for me, it's always important to, to listen to the world and it's not just like yeah to to the people coming in the shop but to the environment that we're living in you know uh and there and and just move forward i think that's such great advice and i like i think about how to like conquer imposter syndrome and i think the ability to pivot <laughs> is one yeah. of the biggest ways to like really conquer that because if you have the ability to see that the line's not always going to be straight and sometimes you got to turn, <laughs> then you're ready for whatever comes your direction because like that's everything. Cause a lot of things, it's not you, it's the environment. Like there's nothing you can do about <laughs> what's going on. So unless you can pivot, it's not going to work. <laughs> you can have all of the information in the world, all of the data we don't know. Like who would have, you know, I go like, I put all this money in renovating the store. I re-signed 10 year lease. And that's, and then I have to even like realize for myself, I'm like, like, you know, how can you be ready for a pandemic? Like who would have been ready for this? It's like, well, we can't be, we don't have control and you need to, you know, pivot, <laughs> you know, move forward. Life goes on. And it's, and I'm not saying life goes on as in like, it should go on the way it did. It absolutely can't go on the way and did. We have 
outside, you know, circumstances that are out of our control. So how can we adapt and make the best of it? You know, I don't want to live in a dark world. It's so easy to go dark with it, but it's like, no, we can make the best of it. We can have, you know, contact in so many other ways if we need to, like your wedding. Yeah. Oh, really though? You know, no, but it's true. Like that's something. And I think a lot of brides and I told my brides, I'm like, just, you know, you can postpone the big wedding. You can postpone the reception, but don't postpone getting married. Mm -hmm. Don't postpone the marriage. Like that was part of your plan. Don't let outside sources control that plan because you can make it your own. And I'm sure your small reception or your small ceremony that you guys did in your house was truly special and in a way maybe even more special it really was and like so many of us like when we say pivot we think we a lot of people think we were meaning like pivot your whole idea the whole basis of things no keep those central like the important things will always be important (laughs) and those are the things that you value the things that make you you the things that are truly central to who you are will stay you can pivot in other ways that keeps those things solid like that, the wedding example is an awesome example because for us, getting married was the central part of the wedding. <laughs> we were having the wedding to celebrate getting married. So yes, exactly. the big wedding had to go and be happened a lot later, but like we could still get married with our friends and family <laughs> that were here. It, it would be a lot smaller and it honestly turned out a lot better. Nothing's better than eating pizza with your best friends at 1 a.m., because they're still in your living room and you're like, we're all hungry. <laughs> Why is that not weddings? Really though. <laughs> Why is that not weddings? Ordering a bunch of pizza and being all dressed up, you know, yeah. you, you need the dress. But um, <laughs> like there's something also like really true to that, you know, like weddings, I think of like weddings back in our grandparents' time that most weddings were done in your like parents' backyard mm-hmm. and were very close friends and family this or you know you had the church but this I think it's bringing us back to basics and weddings is one way of going along to that basic but um to go back again to my brand like that was part of our brands too it's like how can we take things back to basics you know like how can we change the conversation and we're we're being forced to now which is not necessarily a bad thing not to take away all of the pain that is happening because that pain is is real. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, let's also see what good we can come out of this change, you know? And that's that's it, like keep those core values. And it's so funny because like my favorite quote from this pandemic is all the community leaders that have been like, let's not let a good pandemic go to waste. Let's get back to who, what's the central of what we're trying to do. Let's take away all the glitz, the glam, the fancy and get to the central needs, the central business, and work from there and redesign what this looks like. Because, I mean, what better opportunity do you have to do that than right now? We're all at home with nothing better to do. <laughs> Let's change how we do it. And, and things are shifting no matter what. Exactly. So why don't we reset towards a better world, right? Like, it, things are happening. Let's just, again, sounds crazy, but like, let's just make this work for the better. And I really, really, really hope, you know, at least there's a percentage that has done that, that is pivoting in their own world. We have seen that being a sustainable brand even like, and that community contact that people are 
really thinking about what the world they want to live in on the other side of this whenever whenever it is that's, yeah. that's beautiful i kind of i think i love that so much that i forget to say it to others <laughs> so yeah. like i'm glad that came out in the conversation so one last question yeah. if you could go back and talk to 17 year old yasmin today um what advice would you give her oh there's so much <laughs> like my first thought was like don't wear so much red, white, and black in college. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't look back in my life seeing that I needed to change major things because like I said, I'm always modifying. I wouldn't want to go back to, you know, I turned 40 this year. Big, big, big thing for a woman, you know? Um, but looking back, I don't see, I don't really see a life that I would want to have changed. And maybe that's really blessed or maybe I'll wake up later, who knows. But um, except for maybe some fashion choices, which are totally honest, uh, I wouldn't have changed my life at all. I'm glad to hear that. I'm, I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. Like whether the good, the bad, the hard, all of it happens for us to learn a lesson. So I'm much the same way. Like I wouldn't go back and change anything if I could go back and tell my younger self. I might say, hey, shit gets hard. It's okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But I think that that attitude, I'm very lucky that I think my mother put in me yeah. as well. Like I know shit gets hard and I know it gets better. And I know I have control to stop it. You know, I'm, if, if the life that I live now is not sustainable for me anymore, I have the right to change it. Like nobody's forcing me that. And I do truly believe that at any age, you can start a new career. My mom did in her late forties. And I think you can go back to school at any age. And I think you can, you know, change your life at any age. I don't think that you're ever stuck in a relationship or stuck with certain friends you have that power when we're going back to our core values and what we do have power over, we have that power. So I'm not saying I'm a happy person all the time. And I'm not saying that I don't stress about things and I don't have to do that. But like, would I change things? I mean, the things that have happened were out of my control. I couldn't mm -hmm. have changed them anyways. That's so true. That's such a good, healthy way to look at the world. <laughs> No, like, I really appreciate it. Because, like, sometimes you're like, oh, I wish I could change that. And you're like, but you couldn't have, even if you wanted to. Like, that's it's not it. in your control. Like, and, and if you made that decision, that was the best decision at that time, you know, with the knowledge that you had. So, like, again, I don't see it as having to modify what's in the past. I can only kind of go through with that new energy into the future. And I think that's, that's important for all of us to keep in the forefront. Like there, there's so many times we look back and we're like, oh, that could have been different. But would you want it to be different? And could it really? Yeah, and also it that. Yeah. And, and, if it, and if you did change, where would you be today? We really don't know that narrative. Yeah. We don't know the other narrative. You could think that that would be the best way of making a decision of a, going a route, but then it could also end up worse off. The narrative is not always exactly as planned. That's true. That's very true. 
Okay. Well, thank you so much for being my wonderful guest. I got to fangirl over you in front of everyone and hopefully <laughs> visit your boutique now because it's amazing. Go buy all the clothing. Um, she has some great fall stuff coming out. Uh, don't buy so much that I can't get my order in though. So like wait a day late so I can get my order in. Thanks y'all. <laughs> but who's kidding? I have my alarm set for all her capsule launches. There so. you go. <laughs> You're amazing. Um, thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me, giving me a place to speak my truth and um, to do that for so many other people with this podcast. I mean, the more I learn about Yasmin, the more impressed I am with everything she has created. I'm a proud member of her community. I hope you all will join the community as well. So many times when we are faced with imposter syndrome, we get stuck in the weeds of trying to fit into the box that we think we need to fit into to be successful. But sometimes the best answer is to blow up the box like the Yasmin and bring your unique perspectives to the table to create something completely new. Sometimes what makes you, you, your truth, your experiences are exactly what the world needs. Consider yourself the salt of life. Your uniqueness adds flavor to the universe that is much appreciated. Tune in on the second and fourth Sunday of the month for new episodes of Am I Qualified to Do This? Until then, remember, if you're not qualified to do it with your wisdom, experience, truth, skills, and personality, then who is? <laughs>